0: Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Too often, our world is not merciful, yet Christmas is the opposite of this. It is a time for those who live in the shadows. It is a time for the unexpected. If mercy is about God's welcoming and caring and walking with us when we're down on our luck or even just having an off day or an off season, then what does it look like to have that be a centering point or gift in our lives? It looks like casting light in the darkness and knowing that our Redeemer lives and has come again this Christmas for all of us without qualifications. In this week's message of the week, we hear from guest speaker, Reverend Melissa Gall, who shares from Luke chapter one. This scripture challenges us to realize that God's mercy comes to all and is a priceless gift. Here is the First Church message of the week.
1: Again, It is so wonderful to be with you this morning, especially during this Advent season. I'm thrilled that Pastor Jen asked me to be with you again this weekend. It's been a while since I've been here. But as I said before, I'm Reverend Melissa Gall, and I grew up in this church. So it's always fun to come home. I was confirmed in this church, married here. One of my two kids was baptized here And a lot of you in front of and behind me are, just feels like coming home. This is great to be here. I serve as an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church. My primary appointment from our bishop, well, I said last night, it feels like my primary appointment is to be a mom taxi. I know some of you know that role well. Kids are everywhere right now, it feels like. But my actual primary appointment is to a full-time English position at Millbank High School, and I have a secondary appointment to Parkview United Methodist Church, also in Millbank. My husband, Tyler, is the Director of IT Operations for Ortonville Area Health Services in Ortonville, Minnesota, and we have two children, Lydia, who's a 12-year-old 7th grader, and Henry, who's a 9-year-old 4th grader. And our family is complete because you can't leave the dogs out, right? We've got a black lab named Ruby and a Basset Hound named Matilda. So that's our family in a nutshell. So I love the season of Advent. My family might tell you just maybe a little too much, but it's the lights and the decorations, the gatherings, the food, right? The preparations, the anticipation, and the expectation of the season. And I know that word, expect, is one that your congregation has been studying during this Advent season. You first heard from Pastor Bryce, who encouraged the expectation of a miracle. And then from Pastor Jen, who challenged each of us to expect good news. So today, on this third Sunday of Advent, I'm here to offer a reminder to expect mercy. So let's back up a little bit and get some background and and what leads up to today's passage. Today we begin with Luke explaining to Theophilus about many different accounts of events, starting with foretelling two births, John the Baptist and Jesus. And then we see Mary visit Elizabeth while both women are expecting. And then specifically in today's passage, we see Zechariah's prophecy following his son's birth. So John was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah after many years of them praying for a child that just wasn't coming. And then John was born to the couple after each had grown older, what we would consider past childbearing age. If we backed up to Luke 1, 5, we read of John the Baptist's birth foretold and Zechariah, his dad, a priest, and his wife, Elizabeth, they lived very holy, very obedient lives, following all of the regulations and the commandments of the Lord. However, When an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah to tell him of the conception and birth of his child, Zechariah doubted this angel's news. And because he voiced that disbelief when the angel told him that his wife would conceive and bear a child, he was struck mute until, as the angel told him, until the day these events happen. So Zechariah was mute, couldn't talk for the, entire preg- the entirety of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Luke 1:57 and 58 tell us that now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth and she did bear a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy, we see that word, to her and they rejoiced with her. Now, the child is named John in agreeance with what Zechariah wrote on a tablet, because remember, he's mute during this time. The angel had instructed him to do that. But their friends, Elizabeth and Zechariah's friends, said, You can't call him John. You're supposed to call him Zechariah after you, his dad. But it's at that point that Zechariah's silence is broken and he speaks the prophecy that we study today. So this is Luke 1, 68 through 79. We read, "'Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, "'for he has looked favorably on his people "'and redeemed them. "'He has raised up a mighty Savior for us "'in the house of his servant David, "'as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets "'from of old.'" that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus, he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Here ends the reading. Now, there's a lot to unpack within this passage. Zechariah begins by praising God for freeing and redeeming God's people, the Israelites. He then mentions this mighty Savior. We might have heard of him once or twice. Of course, that's Jesus foretold. And this mighty Savior is being raised up from the house of David That's Jesus' lineage, as was told, he said, through the prophets, which will lead to our being saved from our enemies and those who hate us. Thus, Zechariah says, he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to ensure that we, after being rescued directly from and delivered out of the hands of our very enemies, would be able and willing, that's a big part, to serve God with righteousness and holiness and bigger yet without fear all of our days. Zechariah then says of his son, you, John, You are the one who will be the prophet of the Most High. You are the one sent before the Lord Jesus to prepare the people for his ways, to teach about salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And this is all possible, he says, because of God's mercy. It is the mercy of God that Jesus, the dawn the very light from on high will break upon us. And so friends, we have this realization that Jesus has joined us on earth and will continue to be the breaking dawn to each of us who sits in darkness because we all find ourselves in that place sometimes. And we feel that we're caught up under death's shadow. John, says Zechariah, You are the one sent to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah, the one who will guide us to the way of peace. No big deal, right? Not a big job at all. Can you imagine looking at this newborn baby and Zechariah sees this calling on his child's life to be sent to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who's fully human and simultaneously fully divine and is the form of God's mercy to come and offer salvation for all of God's people. Now, as I started studying and researching this scripture passage and the idea of expecting mercy, I realized that I was grappling with a couple of the words or the ideas found in this passage. So lucky you, it's time for grammar lessons from Gaul this morning. So first, I was struggling with the idea of the word expect because of the different ways that we use the word in the English language. One way to use it is to regard something as likely to happen. Another definition of expect is to believe that someone or something will arrive soon. Now, I was good with both of those definitions and both of those uses, because both of them align with our Advent expectations. We believe that the birth of Christ is something to happen, and we also have the assurance that Christ will arrive soon. However, this is where the hang-up started for me. Other uses of expect include looking for something from someone as rightfully due or requisite in the circumstances. And the other definition is to require someone to fulfill an obligation. Now, the first definitions likely to arrive and happen soon are anticipatory. Those are good. I can deal with those. But the second set of definitions, looking for something rightfully due and fulfilling an obligation, more like We deserve something, or we are owed something. So I found that I was struggling when I was saying the phrase, expect mercy, because I was thinking of it as, expect God's mercy. Like, I deserve God's mercy, or we are owed God's mercy. Well, mercy is defined as the compassion and kindness shown to someone whom it is in one's power to punish or harm. Hear that again. The compassion and kindness shown to someone whom it is in one's power to punish or harm. So in my mind, I kept struggling with the idea of expecting mercy, like we deserve God to show us compassion or kindness. And I realized that it was my perspective on that phrase. That I was using to think about it. So, especially in this season of expectation, are we expectant and not expecting of God's mercy? Zechariah claims that by the mercy of God, Jesus Christ, the dawn of our salvation is and has come. What a great expectation to have. I think the gifts of mercy are often unexpected. We often aren't looking for them. But at Christmas time, we do get to expect God's mercy through Christ. We hear stories in this season where we look for the helpers, those who show mercy to the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the outsiders, the marginalized, anyone who lives on the fringes of society. And those stories, they fill us with joy. Because generosity and kindness and love and grace, mercy, are all at the forefront of those stories. So who is it that we are showing mercy to in this season? Because if mercy is God's welcoming us and caring for us and walking with us through our struggles... Who are we doing that for in our lives? When we realize that God's mercy is upon us and with us and within us, how much more can we expect and be expectant for God's mercy because we realize just what a gift that is? It's at this point we realize that mercy is not just a gift to be purchased by the rich. Mercy is not a reward only for the elite. Mercy is not just the right size for only those who are healthy and well in mind and body and spirit. Instead, mercy is God's gift to us in and through those very broken places and through our struggles and in our weaknesses Mercy is always just the right size for us. It's always the perfect gift for the one who is hard to shop for. Because we all have those, right? We have literal hard to shop for people, but man, they're those people that it's really hard to want to give mercy to. But the best part is that no gift receipt is necessary. You don't even have to get one. Expecting mercy looks like casting light in the darkness, and knowing that Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, lives and has come again this Christmas season for each of us without qualifications and without strings attached. Amen. Would you pray with me? Holy and awesome God, we give so much thanks for the gift that is your mercy through jesus christ your son fully human and fully divine all at one time who came to earth to show us how to share your love and your grace and your mercy god help us to seek out your mercy in our lives to notice those places where we've received your mercy but also turn and show mercy to others around us. In your holy name we pray, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.